there's going to be parts of any job that like you don't love, you know, that's not glamorous. That's not sexy. No, that's just part of it. But like a decent percentage of it, if we all have to work, we all have to make a living. We all got to do something. I'd rather do something I enjoy. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 882. And today I've got a really good interview that I can't wait for you to listen to. And uh, this guy I've known for probably just over five years now. And uh, the cool thing is, is him and I met online and I actually was paying attention to what he was doing as far as a marketing thing. Although he is in a completely different market, a completely different niche, uh, but I had a friend of mine that had him on his podcast, and then that got me thinking, you know what, I should probably reach out to this guy, and we had another mutual friend, Jamie Masters, who then introduced us, and the guy I'm talking about is Grant Baldwin. Now, what a great guy. Let me just say, this guy has got a lot of energy, kind of like me. And the funny thing is, him and I have a lot in common. Uh, I mean, he met his wife in high school. He was his high school sweetheart. Uh, I didn't meet my wife in uh, in high school, but I did meet her almost immediately after I graduated. And then from there, got married very, very young. And so did he. And, uh, you know, we just got a lot of similar outlooks on life and business. And his story, oh my gosh, like his story is so similar to mine, not like he was in construction or anything like that, but it's just, it's just crazy how when you start something, it leads you to the next thing and then you think you've arrived and then you get there and you're like, wait a minute here, this isn't exactly where I want to be because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be or maybe our lifestyle changed, whatever, and then boom, you got another pivot and then you're going down that road and then this pandemic hits and then your business is flipped upside down. So all of that stuff, is what you're going to be listening to during this interview. And it was just great to catch back up with Grant. I haven't talked to him in probably a few months, uh, but uh, I said to him, I said, listen, I got to get you on the podcast. I don't know why I haven't gotten you on sooner. And now that we're doing these Wednesday spotlights with these you know, really great stories, but just great people that I want to introduce you to. So again, that's what this interview is going to be all about. You will be motivated, inspired, and you're going to learn stuff along the way here too. So I'm going to stop talking now so you can enjoy this interview that I did with my good friend, Mr. Grant Baldwin. All right, Grant, welcome to the Rock Your Brand podcast. This has been a long time coming, brother. How you doing, man? How's everything hey, listen, going? Listen, listen, it's been way too long. Uh, <laughs> you know, you and I have spent already a ton of time before we hit record here, just catching up on life. I'm honored to be Peace. here. I'm a huge Scott fan. So uh, thanks for letting me hang out with you, man. Yeah, no, this has been a long time coming and you and I were just talking. I'm like, haven't I had you on the podcast before? You're like, no, you really haven't because you were really heavy into the Amazon thing. And I'm like, damn, really? I should have had you on anyway, just because I like talking to you. But yeah, man, it's been a I long know, time and a lot has happened. And uh, I just love your story. And these episodes on Wednesday are always about bringing someone on that has a, a really good story 
but sure. also that has pivoted along the way because I don't think there's any one straight narrow path. Yep. It might seem so at first, but then it's like, well, wait a minute here. I don't really feel I'm, I'm going in this direction for whatever reason I need to change, whatever. Yep. So that's what this is all about. So what I'm going to do is have you give us a little bit of a backstory on Grant. Give us a little bit of that backstory there, Grant. Who the heck are you anyway? Where'd you come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I came from my mom. Uh, so if we go back in time, uh, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a big impact on my life. Uh, and it really resonated with me. I was like, I want to do that. Like that seems like a cool gig. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the path I was on. I went to, went to Bible college, worked at a local church as a youth pastor. Uh, and it gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And I felt like I was decent at speaking. Uh, and, and ultimately decided like, I want to, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a professional speaker. I don't know what that means or what that looks like, but that, that just seems like a cool gig. Uh, and so that's kind of what I started to, to work towards is I met a couple speakers, was, was stalking different speakers online, emailing them like, hey, how do I do this? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, and eventually like started to learn a few things, was booking gigs here and there. Uh, and eventually got to a point where I was, I was doing it full time. I was doing, you know, 30, 40 gigs and then 50, 60 gigs and then 60, 70 gigs and was doing about 70 gigs a year and wow. loved it. It was great. And one of the challenges I was starting to run into was that uh, speaking is a high paying manual labor job and mm. that I would get paid really, really well to stand on stage and speak, but it was dependent on me uh, getting on a plane, leaving my family, going someplace. And the, you know, the one hour I was on stage or whatever it would be, would be a blast, but it was still dependent on me going somewhere. So I, I, mm. I had a job, not necessarily a business. Now, at the same time, I was having a lot of, of people who were in the same spot where I was initially who were asking me like, hey, you're a speaker. That's really cool. I would love to be a speaker. How would I go about doing that? And so I started you know, teaching a little bit of it just kind of randomly here and there. I enjoyed the topic. I enjoyed the subject. Uh, and that really started to pick up more and more. And, and long story short, like over, over time, started really ramping that up more and decreasing the amount of speaking that I was personally doing and just doing more of the teaching and training and, and the coaching side. So if we fast forward to that to today, uh, I run a training company called the speaker lab where we teach people how to find and book paid speaking gigs. And so we have speakers who, uh, who are doing it, who have gone through our training stuff and, and are doing it full time now. And those who are just getting started and those who are in all different types of industries, 37 different countries around the world. Uh, as so we, we help speakers like me who are where I was when I got started going like, I have the potential, but I need the plan. I, was, I knew I was an okay speaker. I was a decent speaker. Wanted to do more of it. No idea, you know, how much do you charge? Or who do you speak to? Or who hires speakers? Like, how does the mysterious speaking industry work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we try to do is we try to help speakers uh, understand how that world works so that they can uh, find and book gigs and, and share their message with the world. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And you did a great job of making that like really concise. But I do need to go back a little ways. That's fine. We go wherever you want to go. Yeah. And you know, okay. So you said, you know what, I'm going to be a youth pastor. I'm going to go down that road. And you start going down that road. When does that shift like in your mind? And like, cause I always like to try to unpack like that shift because you're going this, this, this route and you're like, all right, something in your head changes or something you see changes your, your path or your, or where you want to go. What, where, where was, where was that, I guess, point in your life? What made that happen? Yeah, I think there were a couple things in that particular role. Um, one was the, the guy that I was working for, uh, wasn't the best guy to work for. He was just kind of a jerk at times. And I'm just kind of like, is this, is this the way it is? Uh, and I was just like, I don't, I don't love doing this. Uh, the other thing that was a bit of a challenge was, 
uh, I was just, I felt like I was working constantly. Uh, my wife and I were newly married. She was uh, pregnant with our first child. I was gone, you know, most days working at the office, but then I was gone at nights for various activities or functions or things I had to attend. I was just gone a lot. And it was just starting to wear on me. It was wearing on her. And so I remember, I remember her and I had kind of talked about it. I remember kind of one, um, I remember kind of the breaking point, so to speak, was uh, I remember I was, at the time I was, I was, we were living in Missouri and uh, I was attending a conference, a kind of a, a youth pastors conference sort of deal in Nashville, which is coincidentally where we live now. And so we were, uh, uh, I was at this conference and I remember sitting in this session and I remember the, this, I don't even remember who the speaker was, but I remember he said something to the effect of, if you don't enjoy at least 80% of what you're doing, you should find something different. And I remember like, like kind of looking around the room, like, wait, wait, did anybody else just hear that? Like, what, does anybody enjoy 80% of what they're doing with the reality is like, there's going to be parts of any job that like you don't love, you know, that's not glamorous. That's not sexy. That's just part of it. But like a decent percentage of it, if we all have to work, we all have to make a living. We all got to do something. I'd rather do something I enjoy. And I just, I, at the time I just felt like I'm, I'm nowhere near 80%. Uh, and so I remember I came back from that and turned in my resignation. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I know like this, this isn't it. And I would say for the next, you know, six to 12 months, um, uh, and, and actually to back up when, when, uh, I, I left that role, my wife was, I think four to five months pregnant somewhere in there, oh, uh, wow. first child on the way. It's not like we had any savings or, you know, I'd made a lot of money or anything like that at all. And so there were plenty of like good intention, well-intentioned question marks from family members and friends like, hey, have you thought this through? Like, is now the best time? Like, hey, all four are fine and what you want to do with life. But like, this doesn't seem like a great time. And in mm -hmm. retrospect, like, yeah, it was awful timing. But for the next several months, I worked a couple different odd jobs. Uh, I worked at a, for a security company doing like residential, like home security system sales. I worked a couple different restaurants as a server. And it was just kind of like hodgepodge stuff just to like make ends meet. I know this was like mm -hmm. career aspirations, but in part it was just kind of, uh, I, I need to, to pay bills. I need to provide for the family. And I also just kind of like licking my wounds and thinking through like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And mm. uh, the thing I kind of kept coming back to was speaking. Uh, and so it was really those several months of processing and figuring out what that next step looked like was, was some of the more difficult, but also some of the more rewarding months of life of going like, let's go all the way back to the drawing board. You know, uh, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And there, there's just, there's far too many people that we both meet, that we both interact with and know who are like, I, you know, I got to, we all have to eat. We all have to live indoors. We all have to provide for the family somehow. But like I'd rather do something I enjoy. And you and I both feel very, very fortunate and blessed that we get to do something that we enjoy, but it's not because like we're some lucky chosen few that we're given right. this opportunity. Like you and I have both mm -hmm. been really, really, really intentional to build not just the business, but to build our lives in the way uh, that we've built them so that we have, uh, you know, the freedom of flexibility and autonomy that we have. Uh, and so those several months there really, really were helpful for me to kind of process some things to get to the point of like, okay, I don't know how exactly I'm going to get there, but let's figure out where the destination is and start moving that direction. Now, it sounds like though your wife was supportive. 
Am I? Yeah, no, absolutely. My, I've always had a, um, my wife's always been amazing. We were high school sweethearts. We've been married at the time of this recording for I think 18 years, 18 and a half years, uh, been together 23 years. Um, and she's always been like, I believe in you. I support you. What you want to do, you'll figure it out. Uh, mm. and so that gave me massive confidence for sure. Mm. Um, and at the same time I knew like, I'm a hardworking guy. I'm a motivated guy. So it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to just, you know, give me six months to go, uh, hike around in the woods and find myself. Right. And it was like, no, no, no. Like I still got to pay bills right mm. now. Um, we've got this new kid on the way. Uh, I got to figure some stuff out and I don't want to dilly dally or, ding, or, or, or mess this up. So she was very, very supportive. And, and for those next several months, like I was, I was working a lot of these just kind of hodgepodge jobs just to make sure. ends meet. Um, but I knew like it was, it was temporary. Like we both recognized mm -hmm. that like there was, it was a, you know, it was buying time and it was leading to, to something else. So, okay. So now you're at the point where you're like, okay, I'm trying to figure this thing out. You're hodgepodging some jobs together, making some money. Uh, okay. How does it get to where you're able to actually provide for your family by speaking? So yep. kind of lead me into that part of the story. Cause I think that's another part where it's like, okay, you, you want to do this, but can you do this? Like yep. can you really make money from just speaking? Like really? It's like, walk, walk me through that. Yeah. So it's definitely not a, um, you know, anytime you're starting any type of entrepreneurial endeavor, as you well know, it's not like, uh, you know, on Friday afternoon, you're like, hey, I'm going to quit my job on Monday. I'm going to be a full-time <laughs> speaker. Like it doesn't right. work like that. You know, um, right. it, it took a couple of years to go from zero gigs to the point where I was, I was doing it full time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, it, it's just an iterative process. Like, so I mentioned that I, you know, I had a couple of hodgepodge jobs. And so as my speaking business was growing, then uh, I might quit the, I might've left the, the sales job or one of the restaurants, sure. you know, and then another restaurant and, 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 and just, it's slowly building there. So it's never like this. I'm just going to run and jump off the cliff and I hope it all works out. Like mm -hmm. it was a, um, you know, you're trying to build up enough momentum there where you're going, okay, I feel pretty comfortable and confident that we can make this work. And I think, um, I think you would attest to this, that we've both, you know, been self-employed for quite a while now. We've been at it for a long yeah. time. Um, and I, I, I shared the story before, but I remember a couple of years ago, I was at this, um, uh, entrepreneur, uh, meetup breakfast thing, uh, here in the Nashville area. And there was a buddy of mine who was there. He'd been working on this side hustle for a little while and, uh, he had just quit his job to go all in on the side hustle. And so I remember talking with him at this breakfast. It was his first like week being all in on the, on the, on the side hustle thing. And I said, dude, you're doing it. How, how do you feel? And I remember him saying like, I, I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm thrilled. I'm all of the, like the whole gamut of emotions. Right. Yep. And I remember telling him, I said, man, I've, I've been self-employed for, you know, at this point now, uh, 13, 14 years, something like that. And I was like, all those feelings don't go away. You know, there are, there are <laughs> days there. you're just like, man, I'm killing it. Like we got this thing figured out. And then there's yeah. days you're just like, well, we had a good run. That was fun. <laughs> I, I guess we got to find a job. I wonder if Scott's going to hire, you know, and it's just like, it's, that's just the way it is. Like, yeah. I think one of the biggest parts of entrepreneurship is learning to like, to manage the mental highs and lows. Cause when it's good, mm -hmm. it's really good. And when it's bad, like it's tough, it's really, yep. really tough. And you have the same uh, doubts and insecurities and fears and worries that any entrepreneur at any level has. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that was like those, those first few years are just like, I think I've got enough momentum. I think I've got enough momentum. And there were still like great months and slow months and everything in between. And you just, you, you, you have to like, um, 
so much of it is just figuring it out of doing mm. the work. I remember a, uh, an entrepreneur speaker friend said like you have to fall in love, uh, with the work. And yes. because like from, from, for in my world as a speaker, people love being on stage. Like we love that part, but like, uh, uh, a very small percentage of being a speaker is actually being on stage speaking. Like a lot mm -hmm. of it is just the business side of it. And yeah. so uh, a good example of this is like in, in the book, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber, he talks about the difference between being a baker and running a bakery. Like those mm -hmm. are two totally different skill sets. Like just because you're a good baker, you make a, a bake amazing bread or cakes or cookies or whatever. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you can run a bakery and like and as an entrepreneur like you, you really have to have both you have to wear both hats most of the time you know mm -hmm. uh, like in your world like you can you can design an amazing product but if no one knows it exists or you know right. your your costs are too high for it or you don't understand like you know profit margins or how to advertise or any of those things like it, it doesn't matter how great the product mm -hmm. is right so you you have to be able to you have to be a baker, but you also are running a bakery. And so I, yeah. I tell speakers that all the time, like you're, you're a speaker, but you're also, you're an entrepreneur, which means you are doing sales, you're doing marketing, you're doing, uh, you're the janitor, you're like, you're, you're wearing yeah. all the hats. And that's, that's, again, that's kind of part of what you're signing up for. Yeah, absolutely. So what was, I'm kind of going back a little bit, but what was the, how did you figure out what you wanted to speak about? Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one, right? Cause it's like, okay, I, I want to speak, uh, but what do I speak yeah. about? Yeah. There, and there's, so, this is one of the biggest challenges that we see with speakers at any stage, but especially early on is as for most people who enjoy speaking, we just, we just enjoy speaking. So who do I speak to? I don't know. I speak to people, I speak to humans, yes. you know, yeah. my messages for everybody. And what do you speak <laughs> right. about? I don't know. What do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, you and I both know, like, that's a horrible approach to business. You know, we were, yeah. in fact, right before we started recording, we were talking about uh, some real estate investing and, and we were talking about, um, you know, a guy that you've worked with. And, and part of the reason that he has done well is he specializes in all I do is this type of house in this type of area and this type and meets these type of requirements. And that's it versus that's saying it. like, I do, I do all kinds of real estate and everything, mm. you know? Um, so one thing we tell speakers all the time, and I think, again, this is applicable and relevant for any entrepreneur is that you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning this guy, if you and I were looking for a good steak, like we have a choice, like we could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred things that they offer and they're all mediocre, or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. So they don't do lasagna. They don't do tacos. They don't do pizza. They don't do cupcakes. They, they do steak and that's it. And it's mm -hmm. counterintuitive, but by doing that, you're able to attract the right type of customer or client and you're repelling the wrong type. And so mm -hmm. for me early on as a, as a youth pastor, I really enjoyed working with, with teenagers. I really enjoyed working with students. So that was kind of a natural a next step for me was uh, the majority of the speaking I did, especially early on in my career, was in the education space. So I did a lot mm -hmm. with high schools and a lot of school assemblies, a lot of student leadership conferences and events. Uh, and that kind of evolved to doing some more colleges and doing uh, stuff with parents and teachers. Uh, and so you can kind of expand over time, but not from the beginning. Not, don't try to do everything from, from day one. So mm -hmm. the more specific, the more focused, the more narrow that you are, the actually, again, it's counterintuitive, but the easier it is to find the right type of customer and the right type of clients. Mm. No, I think that's really, that's really important. I, and you're right. Like you and I were talking about that, you know, the guy that I hooked up with for my Airbnb stuff, like he, I call it niching down. He niched yep. like way down, right? Like there's Airbnbs all over the place and you can do it anywhere you want. And he said, no, we're going to do it on the lake. Yep. And we're also going to do high like level type houses, like really like yep premier like million dollar house plus and we're going to charge a premium and we're yep. only going to get those types of people that are going to come in and 
by golly, he is he's like he's like just raking it in all yep. across because I'm just one of his pieces of real estate that I give him to rent, by the way. Which is crazy. Well, let me give you, let me give you a quick example of this, uh, speci- uh, specifically about real estate. So I remember um, talking with a, a buddy of mine who does a, a lot of real estate investing. And this was a few years ago. I was interested in getting into real estate investing. And I remember sitting down with him and uh, I remember asking him, um, uh, I remember saying, okay, uh, you're, you are the expert on this. So you have all these different types of real estate investing. You have, um, single family homes and you have apartments and multifamily homes and you have short-term rentals and vacation rentals and you have commercial properties and you have raw land and you have on and on and on the list goes. Right. And I remember asking him which one is best. Mm. And I remember he kind of, he kind of laughed and he goes, yes. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? He's like, they all work. What you mm-hmm. won't find though is someone who's trying to do everything. It's like you can find someone who's killing it with um, uh, with storage units, and you can find someone who's killing it with apartment units, and you can find someone who's killing it with flipping properties. And like you can find people who are doing well in any category. What you don't find is people who are trying to do everything. So yeah. it all like it can all work, but yep. again, be the steakhouse and not the buffet. Yep, I, I absolutely love that. All right, cool. Moving on. Uh, and I think that that's awesome. So basically you were, you were speaking, uh, to, to kids, but then at some point you made another shift, which was like, okay, I'm not just going to speak to kids. I'm going to speak on this topic of how to help people actually speak and get their message out there to the world. Yep. When does that shift happen? How does it happen? All that stuff. Yeah. And I think around that time is when we connected. And so, um, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was doing a lot of gigs. I was doing around 70 gigs a year. And so I knew that basically in order to, to grow the business, either I had to do more gigs or I had to charge more and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do more gigs. I was already traveling a lot. I was gone 80, 90 nights a year. Uh, and I was on the upper end of what I felt comfortable charging in that particular space and in industry. I could have charged more in, in other industries, but for that market, I, I was like, ah, I feel good with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like, I felt like uh, I had, you know, I'd climb that mountain to some degree and I was like, okay, so now what, you know? Um, and at the time I started, um, uh, learning more about online business and seeing some people talk about that, talk about podcasting and online courses, you know, I'd come across some of, um, Pat Flynn stuff, our, our mutual friend there and, yep. and, and just trying to like, okay, what would that look like in my world? And so at the time I was doing a lot of speaking around the topic of, of careers and kind of what we touched on at the beginning of like figuring out what you want to do with life. And so I was mm-hmm. speaking to high school students and college students on, on careers and that sort of thing. I thought it'd be interesting to do like a career podcast. Um, and so had hired, um, uh, our mutual friend now, uh, Jamie Tardy, uh, at that time, yep. Jamie masters now. And she was the one that inter- introduced us. Uh, yep. I think we, at the time, actually, we both started our podcast around the same time. And so I, I started mm-hmm. a podcast, uh, called how did you get into that? Where I interviewed people who are just doing interesting, unique types of careers and asking them, how did you get into that? And doing it from, from two perspectives. One, uh, being that there's some people who are listening to, you know, those interviews, uh, who wanted to do those careers and other people that are like, I don't want to necessarily want to do that, but if, if they can do that for their career, surely I can figure out what I want to do. And so it was people like, you know, an NBA mascot, um, a, a lady who was a cheesemonger, like a, a professional, literally cheese whiz. Um, there was a, a guy who's like one of the top Lego master builders in the world. You know, a, mm-hmm. a guy who worked for Nike and worked with Michael Jordan to design some of the air Jordans. you know, some of those, some of those just type mm-hmm. of careers, you're just like, that's crazy. You know, let's, yeah. let's just talk about that, you know? Um, and so the podcast was going really, really well. And I was doing some of this teaching about speaking on the side. And so I launched, um, this very first career 
course. We called it Clarity Course. And I remember, I, I still vividly remember like doing this very first launch and it did okay. It did fine. Like we made uh, probably $20,000 or something, which was still like a significant amount. Sure. But there's sure. something there. Like, I, I, again, I think a, a, another thing that's really important for any entrepreneur is uh, just a, uh, um, trusting your intuition and just trusting your gut. And so I felt mm -hmm. like it did okay. Could we make it work potentially? But I was still doing some of this teaching on speaking. We're starting to get a little bit more traction there. And I was like, I think there's something there. Mm -hmm. And so basically made the, the decision of like, okay, we're going to scrap this, this uh, career topic and let's do the speaking thing. So we, we quickly created a, a speaking course. Um, we did a, a webinar or two around that. And then we just really started to build some momentum there. And again, mm -hmm. it wasn't like a, um, this, you know, you make the decision on Friday. Okay. I'm, I'm done with the career thing, right. done being right. a speaker. I'm going all in on teaching, speaking like it just, it's not mm -hmm. like that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, because while I'm building the speaker training side of things, I still, again, I'm trying to provide for my family. So mm -hmm. I can't turn off one faucet until I get the other one really going. Uh, and so it was again, kind of a, a slow iterative process over the course of a, of a couple of years where let's keep building things up over there and then let's keep slowing things down over here. Um, and that's really how that transition happened, uh, was going, I still love speaking, but I also knew like there was a cap, there was a ceiling, there was a limit, uh, to what I could, I could personally do, um, and so I, I wanted to build more of a business that wasn't dependent on me. And so I think, um, I think that we've, we've been able to, to do that to a large degree now. Yeah. A couple things there. So I, I want to highlight that because, okay, you were like doing your hodgepodge job thing. And then mm -hmm. you're like, man, if I could just get paid to speak, my life would be amazing. Everything would be just, and I would just ride off in the sunset and we'd have a happy sure. little family and everything's going to be great. Yep. And then you do it and you we get 90 gigs a year and you're like, wait a minute, this is work. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Sounds very familiar to my story. We got, I got out of the construction business. You know my story. Yeah, got yep, out of the construction yep. business, started a photography business, thought yep. everything was going to be great. I was going to be a photographer for the rest of my life with my wife, have a studio. We did that. And about after six years, we're like, we're actually kind of still have a job. Like we have yep. to still report and we still have to do this stuff and we can only scale so far. And then that's where we got into the online space, started teaching more on the photography thing. It's just funny how that, that happens. But when you're looking at it, you're like, wait a minute, if I can just get that to work, everything's going to be great. Totally. And then you did. And then it changes. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was, um, I've heard this analogy before, but it, it, it's a lot like driving a car at night. When you're driving a car at night, you can only see as far as the headlights will show you, which is just True. a few feet in front of you. But sure. you can drive hundreds, if not thousands of miles that way. And that's mm -hmm. the way life is. Like, even at this point, you know, at the time of this recording, you know, we're a few months into the pandemic here and nobody saw this coming, you know, uh, mm -hmm. nine months ago, a year ago. And yet here we are. Nobody has any clue what the next couple months look like. And I would say, like, um, I think you and I have been at this a while where, you know, we have decent sized audiences and plenty of people that follow us and are familiar with what we do. Um, and for people who are going, and you know, Grant and Scott, they got it, they got guys like that, they got it figured out. I promise you, we don't. And we are <laughs> figuring it out as we go. We are doing the best we can. We are yep. making it up as we go. Uh, and there are again, like I said earlier, there are days that are great and days like I, I think we're good. The winds that are back, we're going, we're going downhill in a good in good way. And like this is this is going smooth. And days you're just like, I I don't, I don't know. <laughs> nothing's working and I don't know why and I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know how to get things working again. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, that's the way it is, you know? So there's no guarantees of success. There's no guarantees that this is going to work and it could all 
come crashing down at, at, at any moment. But again, that's kind of like driving a car at night. You know, you're, you're just driving. I can only see a few feet in front of me. You and I at this moment, we, you know, we have a pretty good idea of what the coming weeks and months look like, but it could vastly change. It could vastly be totally, totally different. Um, we have no clue what the coming years look like. You know, it's, it's highly possible that, you know, five years from now, you and I are doing things that are completely unrelated from what we're doing today. And like, you, you don't need to know, like that doesn't like when people ask me like, what's your five year, what's your 10 year plan? I was like, I can tell you some big picture things that I'd like, but what the day to day looks like, man, I don't, I don't know. Cause nobody has any clue what, what life looks like, uh, that far out. So really, again, keep that in mind that, like have some idea of where, like on the, on the road trip, driving the car at night, have an idea of where you're going, have an idea of what that destination looks like, but there's going to be twists and turns and bumps in the road along the way that you're not anticipating and you can't plan for. And again, that's like, that's part of the journey. That's part of yeah. what you have to embrace. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I love that analogy too, by the way, cause you can, you can see far enough to get mm-hmm. to where you got to go, but just not too far. Not too far. Uh, yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, cause there's a couple things I want to touch on the one here, I don't want to gloss over this. You la- I didn't even know this part of your story. You launched a course on career or how to yeah. find your career and you launch it and it does 20 K ish. And you're like, okay, that was cool. But it was it, it just didn't feel right. Or was it like, ah, it should have did better. Or like, what was that thought? Because I've been there too, right? You launch yeah. a course and you, you're like, yes, this is going to be amazing. And then you launch it and you're like, eh, it didn't really hit it or eh, it didn't feel right or whatever. So walk me through that, that point in that story. Yeah, I think there were a couple things there. One is that um, the topic of clarity course was, uh, was helping people figure out what they get clarity on what they want to do with their life, which sure. is a very like um, good idea. It's really hard to like execute on or deliver on or and it's mm-hmm. kind of this like vague, squishy thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew when people were asking me, hey, how do I book gigs? I knew there was like a, you do this and then you do this and yes. then you do this and you do this. And if you do these things, you arrive at this destination. Yep. And so I knew there was like that, there was like a, a true process of what I could teach mm-hmm. there. So that was definitely part of it. Um, I knew that again, it was a, a very, uh, you know, the topic of figuring out what you want to do with life could could be lumped into like the buffet category. Whereas I knew mm-hmm. teaching people how to find a book gigs was probably more of a steakhouse. Like it's a very specific thing. We're not trying to be all things for all people. You know, not everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a speaker, but there are plenty of people that do. And we teach that, you know? So for example, uh, when people say, you know, well, people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or coaching or consulting or doing a podcast mm-hmm. or doing any number of things, things that I have some experience with. And we could teach those things, but we just say like, no, no, no. Like, we're steakhouse. We do this. And so if you want tacos, let me recommend a taco place down the street that would, that has phenomenal tacos. Go check that. If you need pizza, that's not us. But if you want steak, if you want this specific thing, that's what we do. Um, so like picking a lane was important. The other thing I would say was, again, I think the, the intuition thing, you know, I think there are times where you do something in business and it's like, eh, it kind of worked, kind of didn't work. Um, and you still have the sense of like, there's still something there though. Like we could, we could make this work. And, uh, and I, I felt like that of just like, we could make it work, but I wasn't super passionate about it or fired up of just mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, we're all right. We're good. We're on to something. But whenever I, I did the, uh, the first version of the, our speaking course, our speaking course is called book and pay to speak. When we first launched that, I was just like, okay, this. And in fact, the yeah. initial launch of that, probably now that I think about it, probably did worse than the career mm-hmm. course, but I just felt mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we're, 
we've got something mm. here. We've got, we're onto something here. So, um, so I think part of it was kind of, you know, thinking about the market, thinking about, um, what I was excited about and, and also just kind of the intuition of like, are we, are we onto something? Is there something here? Can we, can we dig into this or do we need to, you know, pivot and go a different direction? Yeah. And probably you were seeing like, there's other angles to attack this sure. versus the other one. You're kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like, how do I, how do I wrap stuff around this thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the other thing was like you said, and I think it's important to, to kind of point that out is like, there's certain steps to arrive to the destination. The other one yes. is kind of like, eh, you could go over there. You can, right. you know, it's like you're this way here. You're like, no, no, if you want to do it, I've done it. These are the steps that I would do over again. Here yep. they are. And you just lay it out for them. Uh, one other quick question. How did you sell that? The, your first training? I'm just curious. Like, how did you, cause I mean, Back then, I mean, Facebook ads, but like, was it like it is now? Like, how, how did you get traffic? Yeah, so a couple things. One is uh, at the time I was, I was I was having more and more people that were just e- emailing me and just reaching okay. out and saying, hey, I want to be a speaker. I've seen your website and I've heard your stuff. I wasn't like I didn't, um, I was doing the podcast, but it wasn't specifically for speakers or anything. And uh, so I just, I had a bunch of people who were emailing me. So some of it was keeping track of, of that and following up with those people. Hey, if I did some type of training, would that be something you'd be interested in? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was something, which again, is kind of a, a good validation of paying attention to what people are already asking you questions questions about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was getting a lot of questions uh, along those lines. So that was a big part of it initially. Um, And then uh, once we were like, okay, we're on to something, let's do more of this. Then we we definitely did a lot of Facebook ads. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about Facebook ads. I worked with uh, several different contractors over the course of the first couple of years uh, Mm -hmm. and largely doing a mix of of live and automated webinars. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I think worked well for us was I was kind of looking around at what, what were other people doing? Like how does, how does that business model apply to me? Cause I knew I, I didn't want to do like uh, any one-on-one coaching. I wasn't really excited about that. And okay, I see some people doing a course. How are they selling it? Okay, I see they do, they do webinars. Some of them do these launches. Okay, what would that look like for us? And just like paying attention to what's working and how, sure. do, how do you model it? And it's still to this day, uh, yeah. it's something I do. So I'll give you a quick example like today what that looks like. Um, we have a decent sized team, but there's a role we were considering hiring for. And so one of the things I, I did yesterday was there's a couple other um, uh, uh, companies that I keep an eye on that I, uh, they have like their, their, um, not necessarily their org chart, but like their staff on their website. Yeah. And so it's kind of pulling up some of them and saying like, okay, what does this role look like for some of these other companies? You know, it's just mm-hmm. and as an example, as a gauge, sure. okay, here's a company that has kind of a similar model in a different industry. Here's what this person does for them. Kind of what that, okay, I could see how that would work for us. I'm just, I'm looking for examples. Like again, if, if you're thinking about driving a car at night, well, someone's made a map of the road, you know? Sure. Um, and so like, let's, let's look ahead. Now I may not take the exact same map, but uh, at least give me some ideas here of what's up ahead. And so that's, that's something even to this day, like I, I try to look at, uh, and again, I think it's a great question for any entrepreneur is like, who's doing something similar to what you want to do. And there's like a step or two ahead of you, not light years ahead of you, but a step or two ahead of you that you can, you can learn from and model. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You got to be able to model. Um, all right. I know we're going to be wrapping up here. You got a hard stop here coming up, but I did want to dig into this really quickly. Okay. You are teaching people how to get speaking gigs at conferences most of the time. Mm-hmm. Conferences aren't really happening right now, at least in my world. I don't know yep. about you, Grant, but yep. I actually had an event scheduled for, well, the time that we're, that we're recording this is like the week of, yep. and that's been postponed till 2021. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it then. Uh, what happens? Okay, you've, th- this happens to your business. Yep. Walk me through your mental 
like state and kind of like then how did you pivot and how did you get to where you are now to where you're actually doing really, really well? Yeah. So again, I think some of this goes back to you're driving the car at night. And so when this, this happens, you're kind of watching it unfold. And uh, I remember for the first few weeks, it was kind of scary, you know, cause you're exactly like you described of going, it's obviously affecting the world. Um, but when events are canceling left and right and, and speakers aren't able to speak and people are losing their jobs and it's just affecting the overall economy, you're just like, well, crap. Well now what, you know? And so um, it was kind of one of those like slow motion car crashes that you just, you can't stop. Mm. You can't do anything about that's completely outside of your control. Uh, and so when everything kind of happened in mid March, um, I'm personally not doing a ton of speaking gigs. I had a couple of them in the spring that were postponed, but I was also like reaching out to a ton of other speakers, like just kind of trying to keep a pulse on what's happening. How are people pivoting? What, you know, what should speakers be doing right now? Um, mm. And uh, one of the things that we were seeing was more and more virtual opportunities that were happening. And uh, pre-COVID, there were and, and are still a lot of virtual opportunities. It just was not one of those things that was, I guess, not that common. It was one of those things that like a lot of speakers and a lot of events didn't take super seriously. And now all of a sudden, it was like, it's the only option. Uh, and so we really leaned in heavily to that. We started teaching, here's how you find and book, you know, virtual gigs. Here's how you deliver virtual gigs. Here's the technology that you need, the setup that you need, you know, some, some of those things that you need to be thinking about. So we made a quick pivot to that in May, um, and, and put together a new program on that, teaching that that did really, really well in May. Um, and then, uh, so May ended up being a record month for us. Uh, June was still strong. And then July ended up being a record month for us as well. Wow. Um, and since then, it's been, we've had really, really, really strong months. And so, uh, I, I, admittedly, I, there, are part, there are times where I'm just like, what in the world? Like, I would have thought things would be way, way worse. And I'm still like, mm -hmm. again, I would go back to what we talked about earlier that I don't know that you ever feel feel like, man, we, we've got it. We're good. We're set. Like we're, yeah. you know, like, yeah, who knows how this is going to happen, how this is yeah. going to continue to play out, how long this is going to go, the long-term implica implications on things. Um, but I remember even, uh, there's a, maybe a month ago or so I was doing a, um, like a group Q and a, uh, call with some of our students and some students who had just joined one of our programs within the past few weeks. I remember we were kind of wrapping up the call and I remember just straight up asking them, like they'd already joined, um, they're already in. And I was like, now seems like a horrible time to join something like this. Why are you all here? Um, and just trying to like half joking, <laughs> half serious. Right. And several of them said like, you know, either um, I've always wanted to be a speaker and now's as good a time as any, um, or I lost my job or I was downsized or I might lose my job and uh, I have more free time. I want to invest in myself now. Mm -hmm. um, and just those type of answers. Uh, and so one of the things that we've seen is there are a lot of speakers who have certainly been dramatically affected, but we're also seeing a lot of speakers who have pivoted well, who are still doing really, really well. In fact, mm -hmm. several of our students who are doing more virtual stuff, who are doing more uh, coaching and consulting are just killing it. I was texting with a, a speaker friend actually this morning and I said, Hey, how are events looking for you? What's the, what's the rest of the year look like? And he said, so I got a lot of virtual gigs. It's not as much fun as the in-person mm -hmm. stuff, but it's working. He said, I'm already get, actually getting a lot of stuff in person booked for next year. So like it's, it sucks, you know, uh, this, this weird world that we're in, but yeah. uh, again, that's part, that's part of business. It's not always going to be smooth. You're not always, mm -hmm. it's not always going to go the way that you plan. And so part of, uh, part of being an entrepreneur is again, uh, adjusting and pivoting as you go. Yeah, no, those are, those are uh, great points. And, uh, I'm glad that we brought it back full circle because I mean, you've been, you've been down that road, right? Pivots along the way. And then this one here, when I seen this happen, the pandemic, I thought of you, cause I'm like, 
these speakers, these events, yeah. all this stuff, they've got, well, I actually had John Gordon on the podcast. Mm -hmm. yep. I interviewed yep. him and he's like, for a minute there, man, like our legs were like chopped off from underneath us and I got a team and I got people to feed and that, that was our, yep. that was a lot of our business yep. and it's just gone. Right. And so you had to kind of, kind of gather yourself and figure out the next move. And that's what they've done. And uh, I'm like, I kind of joked with them. I'm like, yeah, and you're the positive guy. You're the guy. <laughs> you goes, have to do that. He goes, listen, I might be known as the positive guy, but I'm not always positive. Let me just yep. set the record straight. And I'm like, well, yeah. But um, anyway, all right. So Grant, let people know a little bit more about how they can learn more about you. And if they ever did want to get into speaking or even just get their message out there or just follow you online, where would they, where would they go to do that? Yeah, everything that we do for speakers is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We have a new book um, called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps yes. for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. So go check that out on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And then um, we have a podcast uh, called The Speaker Lab Podcast. So we have over 300 podcast episodes there. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts. So definitely check that one out as well, The Speaker Lab Podcast. But yeah, if there's anything I can do to help serve, support uh, those, uh, those that are uh, interested in speaking or just entrepreneurship in any way, uh, um, you know, I think that a big, um, big reason I've had any level of, of mediocre success is because uh, of people like you, Scott, you know, you and I connected through, like we mentioned, Jamie and you and I have compared notes along the way. Uh, and there are days where we're just like, Hey, you and I are just figuring it out as well. Uh, mm -hmm. but surrounding yourself with other people who are on the journey with you has been incredibly, incredibly valuable. So, uh, incredibly grateful for your, your friendship, Scott, and I appreciate you letting me be here. Yeah, no problem. Maybe next time we'll, we'll have to uh, get you back on and we'll just have to trade notes on uh, the Airbnb stuff that we're working on. We're both trying, <laughs> just figuring it out as we go. That's it. All right, Grant. Well, hey, have an awesome day, man. Stay safe and we'll be in touch. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get you back on here in the future, get an update, see how things are going. But thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Scott. All right. So there you have it. I wasn't kidding. What a great guy. And uh, just, I'm so lucky to have people like him in my life. And now being able to bring people like that into the podcast to introduce them to you. I mean, it just comes full circle. It's just amazing that I'm able to do that. And I'm so glad that I am. So hopefully you got a ton from that. And even if you just like to listen to these stories to say, you know what? that guy sounds a lot like me or that girl sounds a lot like me, whatever. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to know that, you know what? That person sounds like they have a similar story than me or I remember going through something similar to that. Whenever we can relate to someone's story, it makes us a believer in ourselves. And I really think after you listen to an interview like that, how can you not look at where you've been and where you're going a little bit differently? And I love the analogy that Grant used as far as your headlights can only see so far, but we want to see like so far down the line, but we really only need to see just enough to stay on the road, right? Yeah, we want to look a little bit ahead. We want to plan out our map, but we know that sometimes you're going to get a flat tire, right? Sometimes the car is going to break down, right? Or sometimes you might just say, you know what? I feel like going in a different direction and you can, right? But I just love that analogy because we always think we got to see so far ahead, in reality, we just got to see far enough to where we're going next. All right. So guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. Go check out Grant. He's a great guy. If you're ever thinking about getting into speaking or anything like that, definitely he's the guy. He's the guy that I would go to. And he's actually someone that I am going to because when I do want to do more 
more speaking gigs or when we can eventually do speaking gigs, but, or virtual speaking gigs, he's the guy that I always go to and ask for advice. So I would definitely, definitely, uh, just check him out. He's just a great guy and you're going to learn a ton. Just even if you pay attention to his marketing, the guy's got a good marketing sense too. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now let's rock your brand.